Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. One of the mics doesn't seem to be working too well, but uh, welcome back to another, uh, well, to the beginning of another episode of Pixel Hunt. We're on a brand new day at a brand new time. Uh, for those of you who have never heard of us, hi, please don't go yet. Uh, we like to talk about things that are video game related, video game news, controversies, critiques. Sometimes we'll just yell at each other for hours about video games. Uh, but if you're here to get a little more informed or to have a discussion about the nature of video games and how they come into play in our world, you've come to the right place. Uh, I'm your host, Malcolm Cano, and joining me this evening uh, is my longest running co-host, the master of Dark Souls himself, Michael Carl. Hello. He said the first <laughs> mic was broken, but that was actually just my voice. That's right. It was a that horrifying was, That was me talking into, crackling. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's how I start off. Oh my god. So, it's been a while since we've been on the air, and I wanted to try to, you know, get get back in the swing of things, liven it up a little. And so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, some things that have come out, some things that we're looking forward to. Just in the interim, like, what's been new with you, video game-wise? Uh, what have, you, have you started playing anything that you've especially enjoyed or that you've been uh, excited for? I'm, I'm really happy you asked that, actually, because I just... Correct. The reason I was late coming here was because I was playing... Danganronpa. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you? Uh, what case are you up to? Oh, the my second God. one. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I was in the middle of the second one, and it's just like, oh damn it, I gotta stop. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. The, I'm so. It's the that is the only reason you could ever be late to a video game radio show. So you're playing too playing much, a game. Too many video games. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I how shirked all other obligations there I had go. today. How are how are you enjoying Danganronpa? I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, the, the first case, I was, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. I was wary because it, the game kind of had a, a little bit of a generic visual novel feel. Sure. I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a little bit dating simmy. Uh, I walk around like this school and, and talk to people and get like glimpses of their kind of generic personalities. Right. They're even like... All the characters in this game are put into archetypes. They're already archetypes yeah. for you. Yeah, and, and, and the archetypes themselves are really strange. Oh yes, like, they're not. They're make Japanese archetypes. No sense. Yeah, it's like they get recruited to the school because they're all the best in something. Right. And one of them is ultimate biker gang leader. Yeah, Mondo. Oh yeah. <laughs> what Mondo. does that mean? He oh, he's the the best biker gangster this he's side the best of Japan. Biker gang leader, which is so specific and just weird. It's an organized sport now. Yeah. Um, so, but once I got to like the trial and like the first murder happened and all that stuff, it got really interesting. And the writing in that trial was really tight yeah it's all <laughs> like very the case I, was i uh i actually also began playing this a couple of uh weeks ago and i'm up to the third case or okay. no i just finished the third case so i'm up to the fourth one um and it's a real it's it's a fantastic experience if you love phoenix Wright, it's a fantastic game and i love phoenix Wright. so that is a that's a very welcome game for me yeah no um, it's 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 a good time i'm very impressed with it great soundtrack too yeah. Really liking the soundtrack. Yes. Uh, Voice again, acting's pretty good. I it, went English. I that's fine. I, I prefer not, the English. It's like you yeah. also went English. Yeah. 
Be- yeah. Well, just because like uh, the voice actors that they they don't voice act all the time, but when they do, it's it's good. I like it. I yeah, think it's really. Well no, done. no, it's it, it's good. I've heard that the Japanese is better. Like I looked it up because afterwards I found out a lot of people played it with the the Japanese, and a lot of people don't like um, the main antagonist's voice, Monokuma. Yeah, it's a very lot of people high don't like the English. I think it's great. It's fine. It's it's yeah. what it should be. It's like you hate him. You're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy no, his voice. I, I think it's great. But yeah, anyway, that's, so that's what I have been doing. Nice. Um, actually, I've been uh, going through like a ton of Darkest Dungeon. Um, I've been playing that game a, t- a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's kind of what it demands. It's amazing. I love that game so much. And I love Wayne June. And I love his narration. And his ridiculously Lovecrafty. The, the, well, like, God bless the writer the writers of that game because the, some of the sentences are so outrageously Lovecraftian like it it nearly like I get a case of the vapors every time yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like it gets yeah. so amazing it's just fantastic like and it's like he's got this amazing presence of voice um because he he um he did a ton of audio book work for Lovecraftian novels and he does he he does voiceover for it and it is it shows. He sounds like a really like a deep voiced, angry ancestor. Yeah. Um, the writing helps a lot too. Yes, like it the, does. the writing is strong. It's incredible. The vocabulary. Strong. It's it, it's like forget your ten dollar words. These are like twenty thousand dollar words. Oh yeah. They're nuts. Yeah. They're like a hundred dollars in two dollar bills worth <laughs> of words. Extra fancy. They're the same length as the ten dollar words, but just what? used very well exactly pelagic nightmares yeah. <laughs> like what what yeah no one i of the, one of the few book one of the few games where you have like i gotta go to the dictionary sometimes just to figure out what they're saying but the it's such amazingly transformative writing and to think that uh i actually met, spoke to one of the developers when i was on train jam and they had initially planned not to have any narration Mm-hmm. There were just uh, there wasn't going to be any, and then they were like, "Then we yeah, had this guy come in and same. do some lines," and we decided to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we just had this guy come in. Tell Turned it. out to be this guy, it's really legend. Inc- yeah, just an incredible, an incredible voice actor. Uh, we actually do have some of the new releases that are coming up or that have already passed. Uh, so very quickly, you got Destiny Two Forsaken coming out. So Destiny's uh, DLC. On the PS4, Xbox One, and PC that came out on September 4th, you have Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age on the PS4 and PC. Uh, Gone Home is coming to the Switch September 6th. Um, five years after its creation, Gone Home is still being released. It's, so. a, it's been ported a lot, I think, actually. Oh, yeah. it, it's it's all over the place. People really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's had a, a, a pretty... I guess. Uh, yeah. A pretty, it's had a pretty drastic effect on the indie game scene, especially in the way of like how people tell narratives. Because um, people at the beginning, when the game initially came out, people were really surprised because a lot of people expected some kind of a horror game or some kind of a survival horror. Um, but it's actually just a, just more of a like a contemplative like trip through a house. Right. Yeah. It doesn't even have it doesn't have a defining narrative really. Yeah, there's stuff you can figure out or things you can read about, but yeah, it's it's all about coming home and it's really beautiful. Um, we have Immortal Unchained coming to the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September seventh. 
uh, oh boy, Mike, it's NBA 2K19 season again, like they do every year. Um, coming on, coming out on. September I'm so 7th. happy we're already just gonna be making fun of the sports what? games. No, I I love the amount of beads of sweat that can be rendered can't, on a can't, player's can't face. Can't hide the, the contempt for that. <laughs> part of the industry. I, I should not. It's like they're perfectly fine games. Actually, we are going to get to them later in the evening because I have a couple of uh a couple of uh of articles uh, and one of them references 2K and something that one of the top executives said. And I again, you'll see why there's contempt, Mike. Oh, okay. You'll see why there's so much contempt. Sure. Uh but we've got NBA 2K19 and NBA Live 19 coming out. They're coming Whoa. out together yeah what's the difference uh i think one of them i i don't know they're both basketball yeah. games <laughs> I, I, one is in a 2k I, I don't know actually yeah one's just made by a different company yeah so nba 2k19 ps uh, ps4 xbox one switch and pc it's just the biggest suite uh you got nba live coming out on the ps4 and the xbox one september 7th you have snk Hero- heroines tag team frenzy for the switch and ps4 coming out on september 7th so you know get some of that snk heroin yeah yeah yes <laughs> oh i always i don't know we got marvel spider-man coming out on september 7th too for the ps4 it is an exclusive and it's the what the millionth spider-man game to come out because there have been so many spider-man games there have been a lot there have been some good ones there, though yeah spider yes spider-man 2 is spider-man 2 on the still P- holds up on the ps2 yeah real solid game yeah it's a good game i liked the first one too but everybody else seems to agree that was trash yeah i'm glad <laughs> probably that, was i'm glad society's there to correct my opinions oh yeah it always is yep it's uh good. we also have yokai watch blasters red cat corp and white dog squad coming to the 3ds on September 7th, and the Nintendo Labo Vehicle Kit coming oh, to the Switch man. on September 14th. Get That's ready. Exciting. Ooh. I, I just find it so hilarious that the Labo, the Labo Vehicle Kit, what? Just get some more cardboard for your kit. That's right. Video games that require assembly and cardboard. What? It's like the desk I had to build a week ago. That's right. You know, when I was moving. A.K.A. work. <laughs> A.K.A. hard labor. A.K.A. hard. <clears throat> stuff hard. I don't want to do. Yeah. But instead, we're here talking to all of you. So, um, yeah, that kind of covers what we've been playing and what we've been talking about. So, you ready for, you ready to dive right into some uh, news? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm always ready for news. Get ready, Mike, because according to an NBA 2K19 developer, uh, microtransactions are an unfortunate reality in modern gaming. Um, And NBA 2K has tried increasingly to justify its use of microtransactions in its games, so much so that the last NBA 2K game lost a significant amount of press because of the how hard they pushed games as a recurring service uh, in 2K18. And now here comes 2K19, this bright, shiny, glistening sweat cover. Um, Just the... Uh, all the beads of sweat individually rendered on all the players and the coaches. It's a, it's, it's, it's a good point, though, because there's also a lot of sweat on the cover itself, exactly. I feel like, every there's time. There's a ton. They <laughs> render always, it right there. Yeah, just right away. They let you know what you're getting into. There will be sweating in this basketball video game. 
they have to show you what's important. It's really, it's yeah, it's the players it and the sweat. But um, senior producer Rob Jones addressed the subject and said that it was, again, just a, a really unfortunate reality of modern gaming. That microtransactions are just, ah, try as they might. 2K can't help. They're, they're, they, they, their hand is being forced. They gotta put microtransactions in there. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk because we, ha we had the recent regulations in Belgium and Europe of loot boxes as gambling and were pulled in certain European countries. And now you have game developers like Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jones over here saying that uh, microtransactions are an unfortunate reality. I mean, do you, do you think so, Mike? I mean, it's really unfortunate, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, I, I, I have this gun, I just have to shoot you with it. I know, what are I you going to do? It's right here, it's there's not nothing like... I can do, it exists. That's right. I have to shoot you with it. I mean, God forbid we <laughs> think back to a game that was a basketball game, but didn't require you to pay money after you bought the game. I, I can hardly remember a time in which that was the case. Yeah, I... no, it's just a reality that doesn't exist. <laughs> It's, I, I do find it, it is absolutely telling though, because this was, this has definitely been the rhetoric for a long time yeah. that microtransactions like what, well, but we have to make money in, uh, although like publishers and developers still bring down, like games are making more money than ever, but their budgets are also increasing exponentially. So again, yeah. the, so the, the part of the, the apologists uh, stance on microtransaction is that, oh, it's to, it's to uh, make up for for costs like you need you, you gotta render that sweat you gotta make sure all the sweats there on the face and it mean that takes a whole team of people working around the clock <laughs> to render all of that right so do you think that do you buy that do you think that there is enough uh impetus for it to happen or what i don't know do you do you think microtransactions regardless of whether or not they should be in games do you think they're an inevitable part of games at this point, it's it's kind of hard to say from you know the the publisher's perspective, but I, I think their reasoning is now that microtransactions do exist; they have to exist. Mm. Kind of like I said, it's just oh well, I I own the gun; it, right. it means I have to use it. Right, I own this de <laughs> this delicately designed, precise piece of metal that creates a small explosion in my hand that propels another piece of metal forward, and I. That's what it's, and I, it's, it's for the express purpose of killing whatever I point at it. Right. So yes. like, so, I'm sorry, but we've invented, so we've, so I, I do like this idea of the theory that we've invented the, the microtransaction gun and like to not use the micro, we've already invented it. It's already been created and we've already started implementing this games as a service, as a reoccurring uh, service model. So if that's the case, what say you to developers that have made recent headlines by stating that their video games will not contain loot boxes or will not contain microtransactions, that it's now become a point of pride for a developer to go out and say, oh no, we won't charge you additional money after <laughs> you, you purchase the purchase game. purchase a game that you own? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think it's leading to, I, I, I think it's dishonest personally i think that like Dis dishonest for them to say that and yeah. then do it anyway to say that micro yeah. to say like oh microtransactions are are an inevitable part we have to put them in oh that okay that's, yeah that's no that's not true at all i i, I would call no it's that. not because people 
that there have been developers recently who haven't done that. Exactly. Like a, a, a good amount of them. But um, do you want to guess how many, how much money uh, Blizzard managed to make with its worldwide uh, in-game loot boxes on Overwatch last year? How much? Around a billion dollars. Well, so uh, it's successful. That's, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's kind of why I think you have publishers saying that it's inevitable at this point because it's it's proven successful. Exactly. It is. It is like it is a lot like just beating a dead horse. That is stuffed full of money. It it makes so much money, um, and it's one of those dream situations in which all you have to do is kind of release a couple of patches or new skins or additional stuff, um, and suddenly and people will be lining up. But one of the one of the problems and one of the things that really took with a lot of these cases was the fact that it, it is randomized a lot of the time. You can't go in and use your microtransaction bucks. To purchase the skins you want a lot of times it is oh hey you can try to randomly get it from this loot box and that's what's led to the the gambling allegations and a lot of the the backlash um some of the backlash that we saw with uh what is it battlefront 2 uh, especially with the um the loot boxes but one of the uh, another one of the arguments that it, that is made by this uh by this article on, on the side of microtransactions is that um, like every they say that every game at some point in some way has currency and they're trying to get additional revenue from each player that plays the game you know the question has to be when does it feel like it's a straight money grab versus when does it not feel like it's value it's value added which so it brings us to another thing which is but what about added value what about uh, you know is it is it too much to ask for a season pass say that you by Destiny or Destiny 2. Um, it makes sense, though, that you should probably pay some additional money for Destiny to forsake it, uh, unless you get a season pass at the beginning. Um, that, In that case, that seems relatively fair. Um, and so the, the really the question is like, okay, well, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to buy the currency or you don't have to uh, engage in the highly addictive gambling uh, for loot boxes, um, you don't have to do any of that. So in that case, w do you think that it? Do you think that they should still be allowed to push it as hard as they do? Season passes or microtransactions? Microtransactions specifically. I'm, okay. I'm saying that like on the other end of that, season passes provide what I would say is a pretty acceptable model of like, oh, you pay additional money, but it's it's a contract in which you get additional DLC and content down right. the line. Well, and I, I also think there's there, there's kind of a tier to season passes mm -hmm. followed by microtransactions followed by microtransactions that are random, of which I think that's the most perhaps questionable tier of like purchase decisions you can make. It goes it gets sketchier and sketchier as you go down. Until yeah. you eventually hit the randomized loot box. <laughs> right, because I, I think with season passes, uh, I have some problems with those, but I think they, they can generally be a lot more acceptable just because at least, first of all, you know what you're purchasing. This is true. You're not purchasing it inside the game, meaning that it's not a part of the product that they market within the product. 
pointing out how it's incomplete unless you buy this thing. Exactly. Within your product that you thought you owned, but you apparently don't because you're being sold things within it. Right. So at least, like, it's outside of that. It's not a microtransaction because right. it's not showing you, yes, you, you do not have this entire game. <laughs> Look at it in <laughs> the main menu. That's, it's going to flash on screen that's and the, piss you off yeah, it's and like, make you buy it. You know the thing that you didn't buy because we have it here. Yeah. In the game files. Right. On the disc you've bought. Yeah, yeah, and that happens a lot, too. That's, where, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is, that's that's another thing. But at least, generally speaking, you have the season pass as almost a separate game that's being marketed and advertised very clearly, explicitly, as additional content outside of the game. Yeah. And, you know, they explain on the page where it's being sold, like, what it is. It's, it's clear what it is. Microtransactions, oftentimes, even if they're not random... You get almost no description. You get like a little right. like costume pack, and like that's all it'll say. And you don't know anything about it, but it's flashing on your main menu. And right. again, like I said, it's it's in the game that you bought. It's it's like a it still blows my mind. Yeah, exactly because you it's it's like if you buy you know a, a television and it constantly has advertisements just flashing up on screen. You mean the movie channels, that the forbidden movie channels I had growing up, where it's like you'd go to the movie channel and be like, sorry, you can't watch this movie channel. You gotta <laughs> buy this movie no, channel. No, 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 not, not even that. Like, that's that's the cable service. Sure. I'm talking about the television itself. <laughs> the television yes. is ingrained to just show ads. For yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because, yeah, with cable, you get, like, television networks, they, they have to advertise whatever. It's sure. a different thing. But, like, the TV itself, the the product that should be private, right. it's within your home. You purchased it. It is now your property. It's, like, within your private sector, and yet advertisements are, like, flashing all over it. Right, to buy. And making you, like, buy additional parts of the television or whatever. And you're like, wait, didn't I, didn't I buy this television, like, as a complete TV, and yet <laughs> it's, it's apparently not I actually do like that analogy complete. a lot. It's like, you can purchase the left speaker. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's just but it's like a television. But wait, yes, but wait, that was supposed to work upon purchasing. But it, it, <laughs> I need to buy this now. Yeah, so y you lock off parts of content that, as you were buying it, were supposed to be part of the product. I just imagine the game like flashing a, a hand up on the screen that's rubbing its thumb and index finger together. Yeah, just, just for money. Like pay up. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you want to play this game? Yeah, and eventually it just gets more and more violent. Eventually, it's just like a full man. <laughs> it's just like a <laughs> yeah, man yelling at you. Money. To give yeah. money. <laughs> Come on, yeah. what are you doing? Give me the money. Yeah, and it's just a lot of lot of real fantastic marketing where you Shanghai your audience, hold them hostage. It's like that that Mega sixty four video. The Little Big Planet one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without saying too much about that, because it's kind of offensive right but similar idea you have just someone from like the marketing team or whatever popping up on screen saying you should buy these things and it's like well i already did oh yes i did when i purchased this 60 dollar yes. game yes or 70 dollar game uh because the price of games is going up um and so but then of course you hear other people that are like but the amount of content is going up you know i'm paying for a, a hundred and 20 hour on average game. Shouldn't you pay, have you know, pony up a little bit more? Or 
the the other one which i think is particularly diabolical uh if, since we're talking about incomplete games is the skeleton model where you can purchase a base game for sixty dollars but if you don't purchase the the hundred dollar pack you're not really getting the full game um and it's they tier it so it's like get the gold tier get the pre-order the bonuses um and that it drives me up a wall uh, yeah, I, it, it, that that is especially insidious to be like, sorry, if you want the complete game, you need one hundred and twenty dollars. You're going to put into this. Right. I still think that's a little bit better than microtransactions. Really? Because the microtransactions, they sneak up on you. You yeah, think well, everything's and, well and also, seriously, I, I think the most the most egregious thing is that they're in the game. They're in the game that you bought. This that is you thought it, it should be yours. The experience, like, you want to talk... Okay, we're going to hit... I'm just going to say the buzzword, because at this point, we're, we've, we say it every time. But if you want to talk ludonarrative dissidents, let's talk about <laughs> advertisements in a game that you've already bought. Right, yeah. Like, break, uh, break that immersion as hard as you possibly can. Right, yeah. I think that's that's also a problem. Yeah, the, the fact that if you're if you're getting messages in the middle of the game, too, not even just that's, in the menus... That's in uh, yeah. Shadow of War, where you would go to purchase... Like, orcs were loot boxes, and you would... Oh, my God. Where you would go to the shopkeeper, and, like, up in the corner would be, like, purchase these loot boxes with... You can get these generals from these loot boxes. And it's absolutely... Like, yeah, that is... That's horrifying. That's just there in the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, people obviously were not too happy about that. So, uh, hey, Mike, you know what time it is? Is it time oh. for the weather? Oh, it is time for the weather. And look who's just joined us. It's Jim. Congratulations. Everybody's here. Ladies and gentlemen, cleric in the streets, cleric in the sheets, Mr. Jim Baker. Hello, Jim. Greetings. Are two, you... very, two very different kinds of cleric. Yes. And this chair is falling apart. Excellent. Uh, yep. Welcome oh, back. It's it's a well, it's a nice reunion, just like how I remember it. Except for the fact that Mike's one and two are not working too good right now. But we do have uh, some weather. So currently, 71 degrees in Iowa City. But guys, with a beautiful sense of renewed vigor, what does it feel like? Moist. It was, yes. As someone who was just out in it. Moist. Don't you cheat, Mike. Stop your cheating this instant. That feels like 64. Okay. <laughs> Jim? I'm going to say 70. Okay. It's 68. So, All right, Jim? Well, yeah, it's... My phone says 64. Well, you don't have the, the real feel that I have. <laughs> it's fair. I love the real feel. When did this become an ad for condoms? Yeah. The real feel. <laughs> real feel. We're, we're exploring some marketing opportunities. Um, <laughs> there you go. But actually, Jim, we were just talking about uh, microtransactions and how people... Ah. Yeah, and how there was a, an NBA 2K, a, a 2K executive uh, who basically said that microtransactions are a, um, they're an unfortunate reality of modern gaming. Care to... what? Do you think that there's no escaping the microtransaction or do you believe that... Uh, there is a way to create a video game without charging your players additional money after they bought it. Oh, I totally believe there's a way to create games without microtransactions. I mean, it is... He's right in that it is an unfortunate reality. I think the connotation of inescapability that he's trying to lay on there 
is blatantly false. Mm. Um, I have... I have played and enjoyed a variety of games that did not have transactions of any sort with the managing company once they were released. Right. Um, and that's not to say that I don't enjoy additional content that gets released, and it's not to say that I won't pay for additional content that gets released. Right. But the microtransaction model, especially when it's bundled with things like loot boxes, which are basically it's gambling. gambling models, it is, is abhorrent and frankly constitutes, I, I feel like should constitute some sort of abuse of your public. Yeah. And I think this executive, whoever he is, needs to re-examine his priorities. Is it to make money for his shareholders or is it to please his audience? It's it's absolutely it's to, to make, make money. money. It's absolutely... They're making it's, money it's, hand over it's fist. It's the developer's job to please people. It's the publisher's job to make money, which doesn't mean we have to make villains out of that. Exactly. But... That's a really poor statement he made by just saying like, oh, it's, you know, it's really unfortunate. Ah, I know you guys don't like it, but we got to uh, make, I'm sorry. But but it's, <laughs> the, it's the inescapability of it. It's the, it's the unwillingness to look yes. for ethical options yeah. that bothers the bejesus out of me. Right. Yes. I'm censoring myself yes. heavily. I think Thank you heard you. that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We're a nice clean family program here um and so into that effect i i absolutely agree and i think that like there's nothing wrong with dlc i have no problem with it this is like hey pay some additional money because we're releasing what is essentially an add-on to the game yeah i'll do that um but like hey you want to try your luck at this here loot box spinorama come on down and it's like it is in like in belgium and in across the european union now because of Battle Star Wars Battlefront 2's uh, loot box policies, and because they were so aggressive with it, um, they have deemed loot boxes, at least in Belgium, and I think they're doing it in a couple of other European nations, as inciting underage gambling and have outlawed them. And as a result... It's good. Yeah. And as a result, loot boxes are being pulled from uh, a lot of those places. But also... So are some of the uh, skin? Um, what is it? Some of the some of the skin like some of the cosmetic options. Yeah, the cosmetic options are also going away. Well, that's because <laughs> you can't have that's both. Just, that's a rude decision on the part of the of the. I I, I don't want to lay this at the feet of the developers, but I'm going to use the word developer sure. to mean the entire company responsible right. for the game. Like that is a rude decision on the part of their department to say, well, you're not willing to abide by this thing that we are clinging to because it makes us money, so we're going to punish you by saying you can't have these things that literally do nothing for your gameplay except make you look different. It is for real one of the pettiest things I think I've ever seen happen where it's like, you could also, you could have just kept him in and like made him unlockable via game progression like yeah, it, how it should like, be give, but give their give yeah, them an achievement make them free yeah make them part of the game <laughs> wait a minute mike what are you talking about we won't make billions of dollars that if we don't do that yeah well, guess what you probably don't need billions yeah. of dollars in the first place exactly but we need to pay all of those devs to render those perfect beads of sweat all over the the game the characters faces on the basketball game you know make. i was just fine without exactly. beads of sweat all over 
I that is that is actually one of the things that that just upsets me the most is how they're like oh well there's a there's a standard of graphical fidelity that's now the mode of the entire industry and we have to keep it up sorry guys we you could choose to stylize exactly exactly i i have seen multitudes of games who were more successful with stylization than with pursuing that insane level of graphical realism absolutely to be fair i i don't think that that's necessarily what that market specifically the sports game market right really not. wants now, out of their games don't get me wrong i would love to see uh, a stylized like weird cell shaded artist representation of an nba 2k game that would be amazing but i do understand jet set radio <laughs> yeah. basketball game as you're like or like it's done it looks like an acrylic painting uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. nba 2k cuphead <laughs> yeah nba 2k mm. cuphead would Oh my god. Oh, now that would be a game. Oof. That's a free one, devs. Courtesy of Pixel. <laughs> um, but absolutely, one of the... That is That would be really hilarious, too. But yes, and I do agree that the main audience for 2K games and for basketball, like for sports games in general, typically, like, I want to feel like I'm playing the, the sports with the teams. And I want them to look like the dudes. And I want them to, you know have the same, like, face and, like, hair and tattoos or whatever. Yeah. I want them to look like it. Yeah. So, I want my parents to walk into the room and be like, what basketball game is this? And you're like... And they're just like, what? It's a video game? <laughs> that happens all the time. Wait, yeah, all the time. All the time. Son, you, uh, what are you doing watching the TV with that controller in your hands? <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. I mean, but we, we use consoles to access Netflix now, so that's not... That's actually that's not an abnormal thing. That would be like kind watching of, TV with the controller in your hand is perfectly rational. Yeah, I can't wait true. till we get to the point where it gets so realistic that you can't tell. They just look like people. You're like fiddling with the controller. Like, why aren't they responding? No, no, oh, wait, that's, 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 an actual that's, game. that's that's the thing. That's that's like what it is to our parents. At this right. Point. But I wonder. It's reached that point. Can we go further? You probably can we, can we get to the point where we deceive ourselves? Right. Where you're playing the you've yeah. been sitting in front of a television that's actually been playing some sports. But you've just been fiddling with the controller for like an hour and a half, doing nothing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think every five years or so, maybe every ten years or so, we always reach like the uncanny valley. We do get weird. A with game it, yeah. comes out and we all say, wow, that looks really weird because that's so close. But, but then we get very used to it over the next console generation. That's true. I can, generation I, of games. And then another thing comes out and we say that again. My favorite that is... That looks uh, very strange. And then when you kick it in reverse, it's the opposite. It's like, oh no. When you like playing Heavy Rain over again is is terrifying. Like, yeah. Oh my God, their But faces. when it came out, you were like, like oh wow, this looks great. Especially the loading screens, the close up <laughs> on their faces. Yeah, and you were like, It looks hey. so real. But no, it's it has not aged well. Exactly. Absolutely. I feel like photorealism seldom does. It, it does not. And it's one of no. those things where it's yeah, like, it's very exactly. nice and flashy. And it's a great, like, in the year that you go, that it comes out, it looks awesome. Like, uh, what is it? Horizon Zero Dawn. I still think that has really fantastic, like, photorealism. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. I know that, like... But it, in, like, six years, we're yeah. going to look at it and go, it's like, oh, this hasn't aged well. I'm still going to play the bejesus out of it six years from now because the story is gorgeous, too. And that's what's going to keep me coming back to it. It's not the photorealism yeah. that drew me to that game. It was sitting down and playing it and realizing I care about this world and these people. Exactly. 
Right. But not in the not the way that modern games are being made, Jim. In the way that modern games are being made, games have to be services. You have to be like that you this is the the sentiment is that you need to engage your audience 24/7. When you're not engaged in your audience, they could potentially lose, you know, their attention span will go away and they'll go to another game and they'll spend their money elsewhere. And so the impetus becomes, oh well, we need to keep our our players engaged. We got to make these games as a service. We need to release new cosmetics, and we gotta make sure that like events happen. And I, I that is also one of the issues I have immensely with the microtransaction system and with the games as a paid service uh, system, where it's like it, gone are the day. Well, not gone because there are still some really beautiful bastions of single player experiences that don't make games as a service but there there's there's a loss of you know you purchase a game you play the game and put it back and you're done with it uh, and then you can come back to it if you want play it over again or like e even the same thing with a multiplayer game like you can get on a multiplayer game play it for a bit you don't have to necessarily put extra money in or every time like you don't play for a while you then gotta like you know purchase all the new upgrades or whatever that thankfully used to not have to happen well because it couldn't now. It was not technologically feasible. Right. Ugh. Where did we go wrong? Um, but I did also want to... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, do you guys have anything else about... So, like, do you think... How how deep do you think the microtransactions are going to go? Because in recent years, we've seen developers pull... Or not developers, but the publishers and the people who institute microtransactions have been pulling back on how how visible and apparent they are in games. Um, and I've instead decided to, to kind of walk it back a little, try to make it not as obvious that they're scamming you out of your money with uh, gambling. But how... So, the... I, I basically said this before, but you you talked about... What was your wording? Um, the... You have to constantly be engaging your audience. Right, and games if is they, a service. If they wander away, they might potentially spend their money elsewhere. Like the the logical extreme result of that kind of thinking seems to be we want all of our customers' money to come to us, but that's not a healthy thing for your customer. That's it, like that's going to kill your customer if precisely. you pursue it far enough. So. At what point do ethical considerations over the welfare of your customer trump, right? Um, because why your desire for their money? Yeah, because what? Because should I should I get should I get a fifteen year old hooked on loot box gambling when I can make so much money off of it, um, or shouldn't I? But I could make so much money off of it, and but that you might also like ruin that child's exactly. life. Exactly, and suddenly, and like, yeah, if a and you know, someone with an addict, if someone has an addictive personality, this can become like it can become crippling and potentially very dangerous um, if they if they get too far into it. So um, it is my hope that to answer your more recent question, that this pullback will continue and that will eventually like get wider laws like those that have been passed in European Union countries, member states, because sweet merciful heavens, I feel like we need that. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> have to deal with this. I, I can't wait for this, the dystopian, which uh, the, the, the ads are just ported directly into our eyes. Feed. I'm, it'll be yeah, feed. Yeah, it'll be feed. I'm okay with a certain level of microtransaction in my games. like, And I'm that nerd, so I'm going to go to World of Warcraft. Because Do it. That is, that's just what I'm going to do. There is a 
in-game store in that game where you can say, oh, this mount looks pretty, or this piece of um, transmogable armor looks really pretty, and it's only available from the store, and it costs like five or 10 or 15 or $20 mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, I'm okay with that. Like, I totally have the choice. It's entirely cosmetic. And it doesn't, like, it's not intrusive. It's not, mm -hmm. like, there are plenty of other choices that are only locked behind gameplay. Yes. Um, that are, like, oh, just collect all of these things, or complete this dungeon, or complete these achievements, and then you'll get this other cool mount. Okay. Or this other piece of armor. Like, it's not the only way for me to get stuff in that game. I There's also that. the problem of, like, subscription. Right. Yes. But... Given how much work goes into maintaining that community, I'm willing to say that that so far for me has been roughly a worthwhile investment. Fair enough. And I, I agree. I really do think that uh, power should be put into the consumer's hands that like I, I, I actually think the difference between a randomized loot box and a curated store is immense. And that like, again, a store, you can't get addicted to a store. Well, technically yeah. you can be a shopaholic, but it... But it, you go in and you designed. say, I'm going to pay yeah. this much and I'm going to guaranteed get this one thing. Exactly. I'm not going to get a random assortment of items that may or may not include anything new. Not to mention all of the, the psychological buttons that those loot boxes press when they like the flashing and the, the explosion. Like the things that are specifically designed to elicit dopamine and excitement in a person. It's designed to addict. Um, so... On that note, there was a there was another article that I found that I wanted to talk about with you guys. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, Game Industry GamesIndustry.biz, uh, and it was an article uh, from the UK editor, uh, the the Olympic the president of the International Olympic Committee uh, has said that there is no place for esports or e or for game sports in the Olympics because they portray violence. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> they now when like they were like, but Mr. Mr. Chairman uh, or Mr. President, you were a, a, an Olympic gold medalist fencer. Why is fencing allowed and video games aren't? It's like, well, in fencing, you don't kill your opponent. In a video game, you do kill your opponent. Not in every video game, but in really popular ones, League of Legends, Dota 2. Um, yeah, the goal is to to destroy and kill your opponent, but. I, I am upset because there. This also shows just a general lack of like. You don't really know what you're talking about when it comes to video games, Mr. President of the Olympic Committee, because th there is no. There's no, no one gore. has actually died playing League of Legends that I'm aware of. No, 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 no. The, it's not that someone has died playing it. It's that in the game you kill game. other players. Like it, I, 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 I find this like ridiculous. So absurd. Um, isn't isn't fencing, in a way, enacting killing another? Yes. And so was a game. His this was his response. <laughs> this was his response. Of course, every combat sport has its origins in a real fight among people. He said, but sports is the civilized expression about this. If you have games where it's about killing somebody, this cannot be brought into line with our Olympic values. What? I don't even understand that. What? Especially the way he ended it. Yes. Oli 
It's just what? very ambiguous. What does Olympic values yeah, mean? Yeah, it, it, so like this is the thing that I also have issue with because esports, especially in uh, other parts of the world, have become enormous, uh, really prominent sporting events. Uh, League of Legend, uh, Hearthstone, Dota 2 are incredible. Like they are enormous and they draw immense crowds and they're wildly popular. I know there are televised StarCraft tournaments. That's right. Oh, yeah. ESPN now sure. plays. Uh, they do. Uh, ESPN does Evo, the Street Fighter tournament. Uh, they play that, which I also find hilarious that, like, occasionally if you walk into a bar and look at the ESPN, ESPN. there's just Street Fighter happening. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what is going That's on? That's fantastic. It's great. And I, it's one of the, one of, it's a really big step forward for, for those types of games. And so I... I just, it, it boggles the mind that, like, what what do you mean there's no place in Olympic sports for video games? Like, it is a, it's a, it's a, con it's a test of skill. Uh, incredible reflexes, the likes of which uh, were compared, are comparative to, like, if I remember correctly, like, a professional esports player has reflexes that are similar to that of a, like, a fighter pilot. They are very good at snap movements and reflexes. I, I just, I don't know. Do you think that, how, do you, where do you think esports come into play? And this is an argument that I've had with quite a few people when I try to talk about the legitimacy of esports. Um, why do you think that esports in this case are not in line with their with Olympic values? Like what, I, I, I just kind of want to, like, what's going on there? What do you think is happening? I don't know if they're not necessarily <clears throat> in line with Olympic sports. Rather than there's just a double standard there. Yeah. That he, he just accepts one form of entertainment and, you know, physical, mental prowess because he's familiar with it and then denies the other despite the very same attributes, positive attributes being displayed for that other thing that he's just not as familiar with. Right. <laughs> so, I, I don't really know. I, I mean... It feels to me... And again, I, I didn't read the post nor see the, the interview where this came up. I, I would have to do that in more detail. But my understanding of like the original Olympics was they were competitions where people got together to do everything from reciting poetry to putting on plays to baking bread, and they made competitions out of all of it. I, I don't know about ancient Olympics, but um, perhaps. My, my understanding of the ancient Olympics was like, everything is valid, except possibly straight out murdering people. Exactly. Yeah. But so, even so, you can still like gouge out the eyes of your opponent. No. I, I feel like probably not. That would have been frowned upon at the Olympics. What is it? The Actually, Olympics were like getting together and right. it was it was spirit of competition, but it was also like self-betterment in addition to proving oneself the best. It That's was right. it was a communal thing because that was what the the polis was about, was improving the community by improving the self. Um so I feel like the phrase Olympic values or Olympic spirit or whatever it is, is being co-opted, as you say, to, to cover for modern bias or for personal bias in this case. And 
I don't like that, but I, I also shouldn't <clears throat> assume that because I don't know the person who spoke and I don't have the full context right, right. now. I would also, I again, point to uh, the fact that, like, okay, what about Rocket League? What, what about Rocket League? What about uh, FIFA? What about, um, there was recently, uh, you know, it won't be on the, on the Olympic stage, but what about Madden? What about games in which, uh, sports games, what about those? Well, games where there, there is no there killing. There is no or, killing, there is yeah, no violence. Except for sick car stunts and occasionally making your opponent blow up <laughs> when you're in, in Rocket League when you style on someone real hard. And blast through. Well, them. maybe that's what he would yeah. be opposed he, to. He, the horrible graphic car-on-car car violence. Ooh. But they're remote-control cars. Exactly. No one's actually being ours. hurt. Gah. I mean, obviously they're remote-control cars. They're the si- like they're the same size as the soccer ball they're kicking around. That's a good point, yeah. actually. But um, I just... that That is actually... And what's funny is because last year... The Olympics announced that it that competitive gaming would become a medal sport in the 2022 games, uh, and the 20 and the uh, what is it, the the 2024 Paris Olympics have bid for the inclusion of esports. So there's a there's a disconnect that seems to be happening between the president of the Olympics and with the actual Olympics. Uh, or the committees in other cities. Right. It seems like, like the hosts of the yeah, Olympics. Yeah, the hosts of the Olympics are fine with it. Um, I don't... It's in their best interest, though. Because think of all the money. Because they'll get a lot of money for it's, it. Exactly. And, like, and in a less cynical view, yes, it, it also draws in a whole other community who gets to if, if come If StarCraft together. is an Olympic sport, suddenly I'm much more interested <laughs> in watching the Olympics. Right. Like, f- <clears throat> for real, though. Just imagine sitting down with my parents and watch, being like, "Oh, here we go. We're getting the Street Fighter we're getting Olympic Street Fighter tournament." at the. I heard the Bulgarian the, team is really good this year. Yeah, you're like, "Oh man!" Get all the Evo players being like really horrible <laughs> like, to each other, awful and memey. And like, <laughs> some dude there just gets up and does need a to be some adjustments dance. to be made before it actually meshes well ready for olympic <clears throat> consumption yeah. I absolutely, I, yes i absolutely agree and that's another thing which is like uh esports tend to be like it is it is absolutely the new kid on the block yeah when it comes to to sports and competitive sports yeah the underdog all the all the players are young uh there's like there's no 60 year old starcraft two play or maybe there is but like none that i have seen that have been making well, international waves most of the olympic you know well okay so they're, they're all pretty young but yeah like even younger <clears throat> like yeah and also they have not trained to be in front of a camera to be in the spotlight just like well dude uh every time that stupid swimmer on the american team ryan Locke. oh every yeah every time that idiot gets in front <laughs> of a camera i'm like what are you doing <laughs> just be quiet and swim man it's really bad he like frequently doesn't know what he's talking about on a regular basis this boy like doesn't seem to know how to talk <laughs> way to make your country look like a bunch of dimwits it's like I, that's like, what esports would be for a while though. oh my god it would be amazing dude there's some but the joy of that is that everybody yeah. would look like a bunch of dimwits yes except possibly the countries who have been who have already accepted it and who like might have been right. training and their esports it. athletes yes. tell you what would happen uh There'd be like suddenly certain teams in like South America and Asia start winning a lot of gold medals. Um, 
Yeah, we... Uh, you know? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just... I, I think, it, I think it, it, it can only enrich and include more. And I don't... And lead to more money for the Olympic sponsors, for the Olympic committee. Like, I, the, the only reason you would not do this is because you do not want... You have a personal bias. It doesn't make any sense not to include these. That's not the only reason. Okay. There probably are others, but that is the one that seems most likely in this situation. Sure. Given the plethora of reasons that it would be beneficial to include them. What what would be some of those reasons not to? Honestly, I have no idea off the top of my head. Oh, okay. But asserting flat out that only this one reason is sufficient to deny them seems... I don't know. Like the only reason unnecessary. That, the only reason that the Olympic that the that the president of the Olympics is uh, not the only reason that he's given so far is that one, right? And that seems blatantly inadequate. Maybe there are others that we don't know about, and I don't want to condemn this man based on this one piece of evidence. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm all for condemning. I'm just gonna condemn a lot. <laughs> just, just That's okay. Dunk on this man continuously. Yeah, I'm gonna NBA 2K dunk on this man with my sweaty basketball. <laughs> Look at the sweat glisten on the basketball as, as it, it transfers toward his head. Transfers from my oh, face to the ball. I can actually see it's like there's now the dunk. realistic physics. You can throw the ball into another player's face. And the sweat rendered on their face will stick to the ball and be rendered on that ball. And suddenly I'm imagining a cinematic shot where, like, it's it's part of the, the ad campaign for right. the NBA 2K game where the camera, it, like, you see someone coming down the court with the ball for, like, on a fast break <clears throat> headed for a layup. And you zoom slowly tighter and tighter in on their face as they're moving in slow motion down the court. Tighter and tighter until you're just looking at a patch of their forehead with sweat on it. And then suddenly it zooms back out and you're looking not at their face again, but at a ball. And you're like, that is also coated in sweat. <laughs> We've added perspiration to the ball. <laughs> Ooh, that went to a that went to a very different place, Malcolm. Now, now the that's a double entendre. Uh, but like now the basketball sweats. <laughs> when it hits off the backboard, it, it just sprays. Just spray. yeah, just, just close up. It's as though the backboard was actually made of water. It just kind of ripples. We had to justify all the money we're putting into it, so we just decided to give the ball perspiration. And the backboard's water physics. Yeah. The mascot sweats. You can see the sweat rendered on the audience members as they're cheering in the back. <laughs> all, the, all the people with pit stains. Yeah, I was going to say the pit stains. <laughs> Those fully rendered pit stains. Oh. That'd be very accurate. Yeah, that's the. Ne- it's going to be NBA 2K, like, 27. <laughs> it's like... Just get zoom it like the trailer also has zooms on the pit stains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they like start it. with their faces and then the the camera slowly pans down to their pit stains. Well, like, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't start on their face. It would actually start up behind them like the cameras that you see games through when you like watch them on TV. <laughs> but it would zoom forward, not like onto the court, 
but onto the <laughs> silhouette of a cheering fan. And then it would tighter and tighter and tighter, <laughs> slowly closing like on their arm and then on their shoulder. And then like they raise their arms and you see like armpit hair with and sweat it's dripping like, and off it. And it. it's freeze frame with the armpit stain mid, in the center of the shot. And they're just like NBA 2K27. That's really, that's the let's, cover. That's the cover of the game. Let's get sweaty. It's just, it's just NBA 2K27. Just, just on the, the, the just pit like, stain. I'm just waiting for some dev to listen to this like five months from now and go, this sounds trash for one of our games, but let's parody it. I would, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Oh no. I'm so happy we went down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Oh, that's we've sweaty. only scratched the surface. That's sweaty, Went straight sweaty into ra- that pit stain. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, for those of you joining us at the top of the hour, you're listening to Carry UI, 89.7 FM, Iowa City, Iowa City's former sound alternative, and you're listening to Pixel Hunt. I'm Malcolm Cano, and joining me is Mr. Uh, well, go ahead and introduce yourselves. He forgot our names because he's laughing so hard. Yeah. I'm Michael Carl. And I'm Jim Baker. Hi. I just, we got to re-up just so that way anyone joining us at the top of the hour, hello and welcome. We're just having a spirited discussion about pit stains and video games. Welcome to the show. That's not where They're we started. They're sorely lacking. Yep. We got to, when, when are we going to get the 2K game we deserve? <laughs> um, I'm waiting. So the this third story that I, I have that I've looked into um, is that uh, Two Point Studios has removed Denuvo's anti-tamper software uh, and everyone's Yay. real happy. Of course. Yay. So this was a, a story we did last year, like two years ago, in which we talked about how Denuvo, uh, which was a, a, a software that was designed to be to, to stop pirating, to stop people from pirating games, was actually causing like issues with the games and making them harder to run and very difficult to play and like messing with people's copies. Um but yeah, uh, Denis, uh, it's been uh, it's had a really negative impact on performances, um, and Denuvo has denied all of these allegations, even though there is concrete evidence to prove that games run or the games were taking uh, having problems with it. Uh, and I just wanted to ask, like, uh, you know, what do you what do you think, like, what do you think this is going to do for uh, the role? Like, what do you think this is going to do for piracy? What do you think this is going to do for uh, games. I, th- I believe that they have, uh, yeah, they've removed the anti-tamper software from its debut game, Two Point Hospital. Yeah, but Two Point Studios has already started the process of patching out Denuvo's uh, divisive anti-tamper software. And according to official uh, official patch, no- patch notes released by Two Point Studio, uh, Denuvo's solution will be swapped for Steam's uh, standard DRM software. So we... I, I think that hopefully what this means is that there will be other game developers who will remove Denuvo from their services or remove Denuvo from their games and instead go with the like Steam's DRM, which actually adequately combats uh, a lot of piracy. I don't know. Do you guys think that like, do you think getting rid of Denuvo and getting rid of anti-tamper software is a bad? Do you think it's you know it'll spell doom? Do you think piracy is going to start shooting through the roof? Hmm. Uh, well, I think with Denuvo, it doesn't matter if it's removed because people were always cracking it anyway. It, it they got it down to like a couple so, of weeks. It, th- yes, that's that's why it was so 
divisive was because when it would be implemented, it would make a game run worse, people wouldn't be able to launch it, it would crash, whatever, or take up a bunch of RAM. But then it would be cracked anyway, so there was no purpose for it to be causing all those issues in the first place because the anti-pirating was not working because piraters were getting into it anyway and then pirating it. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, it's good that they got rid of Denuvo, but DRM in general, even Steam's DRM, and I like Steam a lot as a service, it still kind of scares me. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I was kind of thinking about it with microtransactions too, mm -hmm. because I actually think that the base of the problem with microtransactions starts with the fact that physical property... Like, physical private property is kind of disappearing. Right, it doesn't so much exist. Like, I'm not, I don't own a game in the sense that I own a physical copy of the disc and I can play it whenever I want. But instead, like, I own the right to go online and launch the game. Right, yes. So it's always online. You cannot retreat from that fact. You can't. Right. It's not like bring I can take home. my game you and. You can't, like yeah, exactly. And, and, like, disconnect from it. I can't actually play, like, a good 60% of the games that I theoretically own if my computer is not connected to the internet. It flat will exactly. not launch Whoa. them. Yeah. Um, Total War Warhammer 2. Won't run if you don't have... Will not run. Yeah. Even single-player There are modes, a lot of always online It games won't now. let you run a single-player... If I'm not... Oh, like, my God. For that, for that period where... That period of a week where we were not connected to the internet, yes. I couldn't even play, like, a single-player campaign in that game because I would tell it, launch the game... And it would say, you're not connected to the internet. Reconnect and try again. Oh and I'm like, um, what? why? Yeah. yeah what? Why? I bought this. I thought I owned it. I bought it. it I installed it. I'm don't. not trying to connect and play with anyone else. I should just be able to, like, play single player, right? Yeah. Nope. Wow. Yeah. No, there are a lot of always online games. So, but, sorry, you were saying about Steam's DRM? What's well, yeah, yeah. So, even beyond that, it's like, if you're, if you're on Steam and you have a game that's always online say it's a game that has to run through steam and you play you play pretty much all the games on their service are always online you have to be online to play them mm -hmm. which is essentially like not owning it right because you have to be connected to some service to be able to play it it's almost like a rental mm -hmm. that you pay for one time but you can only utilize if you are allowed to utilize it that's <sighs> And but, it's like buying a car, but like occasionally it'll just be like, "Sorry, you can't drive yeah, it yeah. today." It'll just it'll just shut down and you can't drive <laughs> it'll just, Like, sorry, <laughs> you're not connected to the internet, so uh, car's not gonna run today. Yeah, That's... but then even games that aren't always online, if you're just launching <clears> them through Steam, you can launch Steam in offline mode, but it's usually still being run through Steam's DRM, right? And it's still essentially owned by steam if steam service disappears at any point so do all of your games because you never had them oh uh, <laughs> that's kind of but that's a nightmare like and yeah so i guess it is the trade-off of we have a lot more you can you can have a library of thousands of games uh but they can be gone really fast yeah or you can not terrifying because yeah. i have like 550 games on steam what that i've been building up over the course of like 10 years Dang. thinking and i have thought about this because i remember it happened with gamestop they used to have like a pc app 
And at one point, a few years ago, I remembered, oh, yeah, I bought, like, Crisis Warhead on here okay. five years ago. I kind of want to play that right now. I go online and find out that their app doesn't exist anymore and that they now only allow purchases through their website, which is a completely separate application. So the GameStop app mm. is gone. So what As are your purchased all game? the games I bought for their service, they're just gone, disappeared into the void. They never belong to me. Oh my god! So like on Steam, and I had like, like there were there were at least like thirty or forty games in there. Just oh my gone, god! Disappeared. As if they never were. Ah, yeah. that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and so, that's that's a very real <laughs> fear with these you know with this digital games as a service model where you can't play it without an internet connection. A, you're cutting out a large market segment of people who don't have or for whatever reason cannot afford or cannot get sufficient internet in their place of residence. They're just, they can't partake in your game because they cannot meet the minimum qualifications and that's kind of shitty. Pardon my language. Um, that's not it's also not ideal from like a marketing standpoint because you're cutting out potential audience members um but by the same token having that um having that extra connectivity means you can take advantage of extra features so what do you want to sacrifice audience members or cool stuff in your game oh man but the cool stuff's really cool the cool stuff's really cool but also what happens when the centralized part of the central service goes away then all the cool stuff goes never, away because yeah, we can never guarantee that it won't even <clears> even <throat> steam for all its juggernautness even blizzard for all its stranglehold on the not stranglehold but for all its apparent entrenchedness in the mmo market right there's no guarantee that it'll there's stay no guarantee it'll stay i mean in the same way like there's no guarantee that like you know your uh your your games will last forever but like you if you take care of your games like you can still go and grab a, a Genesis game and play it. And like, even even after like certain game companies that the the company that, or the, de, the dev team that made the game is long gone, has been since, you know, EA bought it and ran it into the ground or whatever. Um, but you can still like go out and play it. I, I find it very alarming that you could potentially wake up one day and it's like, well, Steam wasn't making enough money or like they pivoted to something else and that's it. Goodbye to all your games. Yeah. So and the one service of the, is gone. One of the things that that I that I miss the most mm -hmm. from games that I used to play, like the original StarCraft, was that I didn't have to connect to anyone else's servers to play multiplayer. Mm. Um, I could I could play multiplayer StarCraft or Warcraft Three or any number of other games. I think the old um, uh, like Age of Age of Empires games work oh, like yeah. this. Where it would, you know, you would get, you could do it on a local network. You didn't need an external server. One computer wasn't all you needed to host this, to host the game, and then everybody else would connect to that, and you'd just create a little lobby and you'd play in that, and then you were done. Mm -hmm. You didn't need this whole massive host environment just to connect for people. Right. And I don't know what benefits that host environment grants to game developers. Like, I don't know what not having that host environment does to your game design. Mm -hmm. um, like, what does it mean that you can't do? Right. But uh, yeah. I know what it means for me 
is much less security in my games. There are several games now, um, including the old EA games, Battle for Middle-Earth, some of the first ones that were hey. made in the Lord of the Rings property. Yeah. Um, I really liked playing the original game. Mm-hmm. I can't. Not anymore. Um, Those, it's, they're gone. The it's no longer. Gone. It's no longer being updated. So you know, as as operating systems advance, it becomes more and more and more obsolete. And I would need an emulator to even get it to start. But then, if I ever wanted to play it multiplayer with someone. I would again be SOL, even if I could get it to boot, because it was one of those that required a server to connect to, and that server no longer exists. Yeah. And it's that it's the <clears throat> it's the predication on the existence of an external server that makes these games so precarious. Exactly. Um, as you know, if I were to say I want to put that server back in place so that I can multiplayer this game again. I'm sure there would be, I, I know there's fan interest in that, but I'm pretty sure EA would come down on me like a ton of bricks. Exactly. They, because they I wouldn't would be muscling that. in on their market. Yeah, you're trying to make that. money off of that. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I would be setting up a server so that I and and people who were like-minded could play this old game again. Not while EA's around, young man. <laughs> the, the evil empire strikes back. <clears throat> um, and, you know, I... That it's that predication on having a centralized server and service that I think has me worried in the same way that it has Mike worried. It's the same. It's it is another another aspect of this is uh, multiplayer games. Uh, <laughs> like when you're playing uh, uh, Mass Effect Three and you want a hundred percent readiness, but the only way to get a hundred percent readiness uh. is to play the online. But the online servers aren't there anymore, and the website that you I could use they were no. They're not anymore. Yeah, I know no, they're dead. I know I can still go in. Oh, yeah, on well, PC. they're dead on console. On okay, console, the console ones are yeah. gone. Yeah, got it. So they're they're dead and gone. And you know when you want to go and try and uh, go onto the 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 the, the website, the which, Mass Effect Three website, the Mass Effect Three oh, website. Yeah. That's also down. Oh no no no, so, no, that still works. Wait, it works. Yes, <sighs> that still works. I don't want to do that. You can do that. Don't do it. I don't want to. No. <laughs> but it like is, my, as they say. A tarp. Yeah, I am. I'm absolutely uh, like. I, there's n almost nothing that I can do now to to get full to get completion in that game, which is like that's, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. You get you get three more seconds in the ending, which is what? already bad. Three whole seconds. Yeah. Whoa. Um. I actually think it is like three seconds. That's a that's ridiculous. Maybe five. <laughs> it's not a whole heck of a lot. All right. Well. <laughs> The, the the example still stands. Yeah. We uh it does. But yes. And we have we have everything here from the game experience is moderately inconvenienced. Right. To, to the game experience vanishes entirely <laughs> as a result of these game design <laughs> along, with, the game, along like, with the game. <laughs> along with the game <laughs> the game experience <laughs> and the game. And and the servers are just gone. Yes. And I feel like there's something here that that we as a community should address with the people who are developing these things and say, look, you know, we understand what you are doing here. And like, we, we think we know why these games are being created this way. And it would help us if we understood the reasoning behind this architecture more, because right now this architecture is kind of scary. And yeah. We're and not really fans. It's of it. what is it? It's like building on a foundation. Uh, it's like building your foundation on a bunch of sand where it's like, 
Oh, the ocean's not here yet, but uh, once it's, it gets here, it, this house is gone. I, you could you could pretty easily equate steam to Venice. Nice. It's slowly sinking, but slow so slow that no one's like no it one's like oh it's it doesn't be seem like it's sinking right now. Like I as far as I'm aware, Valve is doing just fine, <laughs> but there are any number of factors that could totally bury it. This is true. In almost no time flat with no control, no warning from any sector of the population. Um, the, the, it would just be gone. Right. Um, and that would stink. And if, be, if, to put it mildly. Yes. If, if they shut down in any way, because generally I'm, you know, they've had some questionable business practices in the past. Yes. And that's putting this it mildly. <laughs> questionable business but practices. But generally speaking, solely as a game buying market as a as a game host yeah host i guess host a and game hosting service host and, and market front. yeah yes it functions which yes is a <laughs> positive quality because some of them don't this is true you play doesn't at, really. i was literally about to say we're looking at you you play looking you, at yeah. you play and looking at origin uh, origins you garbage oh. Garbage service. Origin still functions better than you play. Like, Origin usually works. Better, sure, but not but 100%. Like, yes. I remember having, like, just a, a brief aside for you play and how terrible that service is. I used to, like, when I bought Assassin's Creed 3, which is already, like, not an amazing game. No. Uh, I, and, like, tried to do the multiplayer. Next thing you know, like, I'm spending an hour and a half trying to set up you play, and it refuses to set up. Yeah. I didn't even want to play the dumb happens. multiplayer. And I was like, fine, I won't. <laughs> fine. <laughs> yep. And that's what happens. And oftentimes what happens after that is that <laughs> since you can't set up your account, you can't do the single player either. Exactly. It just happened to me. Connect your... It's like, you. oh, so I can't do either. All right, well... I guess I just can't play the game yeah, I bought. Exactly. Cool. So here's a here's a fun story that's at least tangentially related. Please, go ahead. Um, when I first built my current gaming computer it was running what was what was the last version of windows uh nine, or windows 2000 there was eight and seven okay so it was it was windows eight or no windows seven i stuck with seven um so i was running windows seven and then windows eight came out and i was like no nah, i don't care and then windows 10 came out good move and um basically it was download windows 10 oh yeah yeah and i was yes. like i guess i will unfortunately itunes was downloaded into a section of my hard drive that when windows 10 took over i no longer have write permission to that portion of the hard drive what so when i go <laughs> to That's terrifying. when i go to update itunes it says you don't have permission to edit that file open up permission. And so like, come again, what? this is my own hard drive. How do I not, what is going on here? You thought you owned this? And so I go in and I try to like, I enable every permission I can find for every sector of the hard drive that looks like it might have anything to even sort of do with iTunes. This should do it, right? Of course. No, no, it's I locked. delete every file I can find that had anything to do with iTunes. I'll just reinstall it. Oh, no. I go back to their website and say, download. It goes, oh, we have to uninstall the old version that's still on your computer. We don't have permission to do that. 
So now, I not only don't have iTunes on my computer, I can't re-download it. I can't manage my music library with any non-window or with any non-Windows product. And my phone, which is an iPhone, cannot interface with that computer to update my music library, so I have to use my laptop. Oh my god, what? It's infuriating. And that's, that's even scarier because the hard drive ridiculous. the hard drive actually is a physical piece that right. you own and yet you still lost control of it. It went rogue on you. It reminds me of I would, at this point I think I would probably have to wipe the entire drive, re-download Windows 10 yeah, just wipe and just OS. reinstall everything. Or just get Windows Didn't 7. Didn't this again. happen on your on your laptop too? Oh, it just destroyed my laptop. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just made it run like garbage, which is partly because it's old. I don't want to blame them too much. Right. But it Thanks also just made the computer run so much worse, and none of the interfaces work. It's great. Like, if, <laughs> if I if I try to use the little Windows icon in the corner, it opens up the start menu, but then the start menu just, like, freezes in place, and I, I, I can click off of it, but it doesn't go away for, like, ten minutes. It just stays there, frozen. <laughs> So like, that's wow. not just a my computer problem. Then. That's oh, so yours does it too. Oh, yeah. Mine has all kinds of different, like certain windows will freeze on the screen and it's like, okay, just don't go I can either wait here for indefinite periods or I can just hard restart the computer. Uh, I just, I just let it sometimes, I'm like, sometimes right, if whatever. I'm playing a game and uh, the, and I like try to tab out and like go back to the, the thing, the, the game and windows 10 won't like that. And they'll, and then it'll freeze crash the game and then turn itself off uh my Whoa. i exactly my Whoa. my my computer has become a decepticon and like is starting to conspire sabotage like, your operations it, it's ridiculous i was i won a darkest dungeon run and that happened oh, yeah, as i right. was going back yeah. oh it's, man it's it's well known by now that windows 10 is like abysmally awful <sighs> Somehow worse than Windows 8. Yeah. Windows 7 was great. Yeah, Windows 7 was the gold. Sticking with it. Yeah. God, I miss that. I wish I could go back. But yeah, and so, (laughs) uh, I, and so, I'm just, it it makes, I am very concerned, I am cautiously optimistic that we will figure out some way to be more secure in our game libraries. And I kind of want more privileges and rights. Uh, and when it comes to owning my games, I miss the days when I used to yeah. be able, like, I, it's a disc that I own, that I put in, and I play. And I still have those, but I, I don't know. I just wish there was a way that that could translate to uh, Steam and online services, because... I miss the ability to actually boot my games in single-player mode, even when I'm not connected to the internet. Exactly. <laughs> I would love That's... to be able to run a Total Warhammer campaign by myself... With not internet connection. It is baffling that they did like like, like it's the, that is the the game that you like. If you're taking a long flight, I can play, play some Starcraft two without internet, but I can't play Total War Warhammer. I don't understand this distinction. Now I understand not being able to connect to World of Warcraft like that. Okay, sure, that's fine. Fair enough. I I can't make it to the server, and that's an integral part of that game. But. Really? Like Re- single player for real? mode? Why can I not play the single player mode without the internet? For real, man. And now, now we're just griping. Yes. Well, that's essentially what this show devolves to into eventually. But I do think. Uh, do you think that we're going to stick 
with the uh, how how prominent do you think the Steam marketplace and do you think online marketplaces for video games are gonna be a mainstay? Do you think like we're, are, is Steam gonna go for another twenty years or do you think we're gonna see a shift? Because um, I think potentially the way that it's going, um, Steam will continue, but I wouldn't be surprised if another service came forward. Uh, I I don't yet believe that Steam is the uh, like unquestionable. Uh, king of the hill in this regard. I think that there will be something else that comes along. Hopefully something that has decent DRM or does well, yeah, has DRM but still doesn't, you know, wreck your games or stop you from playing them offline. I feel like the idea that we will ever reach a point where one company, one organization, one piece of software is the forever and always dominant one is a little bit fallacious. I feel like what you're talking about will eventually come to pass, whether we live to see it or not. But I don't know. I think I think I'm more willing to work with Steam to try and address the issues that they have and make their service better than I would be to say, tear it all down, let's start from new. Nice. Steam as a as an organization and as a company behind it, and Valve as the company behind it rather, has learned a lot of lessons as they have evolved their product. And I don't want to see those just tossed to the wind. I would rather see right. Steam evolve <laughs> uh, <laughs> and become more like what we as its audience want it to be than see something else rise to take its place and without the benefit of all the lessons that it has learned along the way. Right. It is It is essentially what happened with the... Um, uh, Steam Greenlight, and they finally took Steam Greenlight down because everyone was kept complaining for years about the horribly abysmal trash that got put onto that, uh, and how it was it was just a big drag on the entire site. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think I think change will be slow, and I I, I I do share your optimism though. I do think I and I hope that Steam will be able to learn from it and produce a better service if one doesn't come along. So fingers crossed. Fingers very crossed. Uh, not just fingers, but like everything that you could possibly cross. Arms, legs, yeah. toes. Cross up, cross ups <laughs> in basketball. Sweaty basketball cross ups. Sorry, I'm just going right back to this one. Um, <laughs> I I'm so glad that we got to start off the year with an NBA 2K Slam. Uh, <laughs> come on and jam. 2K Slam. Jesus. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're nearing the end, and I do want to give—I I do want to give a little bit of time to our to the next show coming up. So, do you guys have anything final to say before we we sign off? Um, it's a—it's a fan. It feels great to be back. Thank you so much. This will be our fourth year uh, running the show again. New time Wednesdays from eight to nine thirty. We got an hour and a half slot. I'm excited for it. We're going to be able to talk about a lot more. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's Thank- great, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Thanks yeah. for showing up. Um, yeah, and we will we'll see you guys next week. Take care.